Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and really excited to do our first ever live. Uh, I am sitting with a trio of guys in Patrick Stack, Jeff Longo, and Sam Renault. Uh, founders of Sports Biz Camps, and just excited to talk to them about what it is. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the in the sports industry. A lot is changing. Um, you know, there's diversity inclusion initiatives, and and just all sorts of different ways to get into the industry now. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about what they've come up with, what they've created. You know, how it's going to grow, uh, what their plans are, and just excited to dig in. So, guys, welcome. Thank you. So this is our first ever actual podcast together. So there's a lot of firsts today on the podcast. You know, it's 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 funny. Like you go back to when we first started this, and um, we were trying to figure out the technology piece. We're like, we think it can work. We're not really sure. You know, Andy's in San Francisco, Pat's in San Francisco, Fred's in California. I'm in Florida, and you know, the guest is wherever. Uh, so it's pretty exciting to be able to do something in person. Uh, so we'll see how this works, but. Pat, uh, we can start with you. Kind of, what is Sports Biz Camps? How did it get started? Um, just tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think in advance of that, I think your um, listeners would like to know that there's not a lot of technology involved in this podcast. It's basically <laughs> just a phone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I think you know, to debunk in my mind when I listen to Jake's Jake's and Life in the Front Office podcast, I thought it was gonna be a big studio. I thought I was gonna have a mic here and and some headphones. We've got none of that. There's four guys sitting around a phone right now. <laughs> That's important for the listeners. We want to provide transparency on this podcast. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Um, all right, so sports biz camps. Um, so you know, a bit about my background. I'm currently a professor uh, at a school in Charlotte called Johnson Wells University, and I think that's important as we start to contextualize um, our perspective, our experiences, and ultimately what put us on the map to create sports biz camps. So um, it was launched in 2019, uh, and ultimately our, our mission is to promote social mobility for uh, – for high school students and ultimately uh, to expand the diversity within the industry. Uh, and we do that working with high school students um, in advance of, of any type of relationship they're gonna have or any type of educational experience they're gonna have in college. So Sports Biz Camps, uh, with that mission, is Sports Business 101 for high school students. Um, we create educational programming to really help kids earlier than college and obviously um, in doing so hopefully put them in a better position to have a fulfilling career. And we really use sports as that backdrop, knowing that so many kids love sports I can speak from my own personal experience as someone who played sports growing up and at some point somebody tells you you can't play sports anymore and if someone gave me a thousand job options and regardless of what it was one of those jobs was in sports I was gonna raise my hand and say I wanted to do that so that's what we do is we work with high school students uh, as a professor and really uh, myself Jeff and Samuel here as we start to um, introduce the concept we're professors but really we're more professional than we were professors so we've all worked in the industry and then came over to higher ed Fake academics. We're, we're fake <laughs> academics, non-academic. That's nothing we're, against academics. We're educators. Not academics. We're educators, <laughs> but I think we bring a professional uh, perspective to it. So, you know, my job as a professor now is really to um, to coach kids up, get them prepared, and hopefully get them uh, an opportunity to go uh, work in sports or anything, but really get them prepared for life and using college as a, as a launching point for that. As I was sitting down with some of these students early on, um, and I'd sit down with a student and say, hey, what do you want to do with yourself? You're a sports management student. What do you want to do with it? They would all kind of come back with like the same type of stock answers. The majority of the answers were, I want to be a general manager of a football team. And I'd say, oh, that's great. You know, I had the same kind of wish when I was that age, too. Like, that's awesome that you want to do that. Um, how are you going to go about doing that? Or what makes you think you can do that? Uh, and a lot of times they would say, well, I'm really good at fantasy football. Uh, I'm really great at video games. 
Um, I had one student who created a flag football league and was really good at, at sourcing and creating teams. And the first couple times those, those students shared that stuff, I would kind of giggle. And I would say, hey, you know, that's great, you can do that. But just so you know, like, there's not a lot of people that have come to this school uh, to do those jobs. This isn't really a pipeline for that necessarily. More importantly, you know, there's 32 jobs in the entire world. And if you want to give yourself an opportunity to do that, go for it. But it's going to be really tough. It's 32 of, what, 7.7 .7 million people in the world, billion people in the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'd have that conversation. We kind of laugh at, like they don't really get it necessarily. Not laughing at them, but just helping them kind of turn to a different angle. And once again, that, that was my own ambition when I was in, in college as well. So I started to realize the more that happened that it wasn't the kid's fault that he didn't understand that that, that job was either going to be really challenging or really, quite frankly, like unattainable. Unless you played in the NFL, your family owns an NFL team, um, you're really not going to have that an opportunity at that job. But there are countless other jobs that you could have working for that NFL team, right? Supporting what you love in football. Working in eSports, if you love video games, work in video games. So there was just a lack of education around what those career opportunities were. And the reason for that was, was vast. But People were studying sports management, not understanding what they were trying to do. And they had so many different opportunities to do it. And no one was stopping them, coaching them up before they made that college decision, before they committed four years of their life and tens of thousands of dollars to do so, about what career opportunities could be prepared for them. So that's not an industry problem. That's not an individual problem. That's an education problem. And as educators that came from industry, we saw an opportunity to develop better education, to do it earlier, and in the process, get those kids better prepared for success. We see that on the field, on the court. If you want to be a great NBA player, you start playing travel ball when you're 12 or 13. You start getting extra sessions. You start getting more training. Why is there any, why is there any different when it comes to being a professional? And there was really no impartial solution or focus on helping those kids talk career in high school. And that's what we're focused on. Well, and when you think about, you know, the, the consistent uh, approach of being a sports management student in college in grad school how many programs that you know are continue to not only exist but pop up and um, you know some different than others some in different geographies right we talk about location um, being able to move around versus staying in one spot you know you guys are in Charlotte you know you've got if you're teaching high school students in Charlotte are you trying to you know ultimately um, inform you know students that hey, you might need to go to Idaho to take that job or North Dakota or Texas and, you know, not necessarily work for the Panthers, right, or work for, um, you know, the, the NASCAR track there or, or, or wherever it may be. Um, you know, Sam, you spent some time at Arizona State, now in Charlotte. You've kind of moved around a little bit. Um, what perspective can you provide in terms of, you know, you, you propped up the sports, you know, business and law program um, at ASU? Yeah, location's a big piece of it. And I think there's a, um, you know, I come from a law school background where it's a very hyper-localized industry where wherever you go to law school is where you're building your network and you're most likely to be hired in that region. Um, but sports is everywhere. So this, I think this actually gives us a good opportunity to help students to travel. And part of what we need to do, exactly what you're saying, is that when students want to be the GM of the Panthers, we've got to show them there's other ways that you can pursue that path maybe you'll end up finding out that that's not where you truly are meant to be. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into being a GM that people don't realize and they may not want to do that in their day-to-day -day life. Um, so raising awareness of you know, how many different sports are out there, how many different properties there are out there that touch sports. There's, just, there's millions of opportunities that people aren't aware of. And, and using the GM example like, while we're on topic, there is a pathway to do that. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it's on their website. <laughs> or it's looking on the internet and seeing what all the 32 GMs did and how mm -hmm. they did it. 
right? That information is available, but no one's encouraging that student to go seek it out exactly. and to understand it. And when you're in high school, you, I mean, you're at an inflection point. You can start to make some strategic decisions with your whole life ahead of you to put yourself on that path or at least just be more informed well, about and, that job and, or another job. And where you're going to school, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're going to school, why are you going to that school? I remember even just to, you know, internally reflect about where I went to go play college baseball. You know, the one I had opportunities to you know, potentially go walk on at a D1 and it was in the middle of nowhere where I had no idea where I was going and didn't know what I would walk into. Or, I, you know, I could go to a Division three school where I knew I was going to have an opportunity to play. But if I got injured, which I ended up doing, you know, my dad would always say, hey, you at least have your education to fall back on. Are you going to that school because you can play or are you going to that school because they have the degree that you want to get? They have the, you know the the surroundings in which you know for me it was small population small class size good relationships with the professors you know network etc or you can, or do you want to go to the big university be able to intern for the athletic department right I, I didn't really have that choice to be a student athlete and intern for the athletic department it was like show up to my games I mean there, there was no intern for the athletic department um, I got to work with the athletic director on a project in class right but that those opportunities are so different if you were to go to North Carolina and be a student and intern in the athletic department or work for, you know, the, the, the student run body, um, you know, with the different, uh, you know, student sections and all that sort of stuff that you can get experience in. Um, and that also can start in high school, right? Like you're, you guys are expanding kind of or starting to try and expand across the country. You know, Texas high school football, huge, right? Like what opportunities are there for kids to, uh, in high school, to get involved with promotions or whatever it might be? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things you just touched on there is there's not, there's not only a lack of understanding of what uh, pathways exist, but how to uh, start to um, work, work down them once you've decided on what that, that pathway is. I think the one thing that we keep hearing as we talk to people about our program is, I wish I had this in high school, right? Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that at the college level that students are coming into these college marketing programs knowing they want to study sports, but still kind of misinformed about A, where that can take them, and um, and again, what, what the steps are to, to, to get them there. So um, as we kind of heard that from students again and again, it's like, look, if we can approach this at the age of 14 and 15 versus 19 and 20, as they're into the college programs, now they're gonna start to know what, what those steps are. Um, so it's really a matter of like taking the passion that they have for the idea of sports and then helping tell them about like what that can lead to in terms of a long-term career. And, and it's something as simple as like, you know, sports is because it's broadcasted and it's on social media and, and the way that it's perceived around the country I mean it's as simple as getting involved in the little league and coaching or doing you know being an umpire I mean there's so many different ways you can at least get involved to start right that doesn't necessarily have to be like all right I got to be the you know I got to do the analytics for the football team right I mean yeah yeah if we could share a story from you know our launch in Charlotte and, and this is a sense of pride for for all of us um, we went and visited Bank of America Stadium where the Panthers play, obviously. And, and I'm sure you've, you've spoken on various classes before to high school mm -hmm. teacher, college kids. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have as well. And, and usually, one of the pieces of feedback when they say, what's the biggest advice you'd give someone in college? It's get involved. Just go involved. Like, go be around. Go help out your athletic department. Do whatever you can. Well, we had that conversation with high school kids. And we went to Bank of America Stadium. We literally had a panel. We were, this was not scripted. We had a panel that included ticket operations, right? And the Panthers were mandating mobile ticketing for the first time. They had a major problem with like making sure that their fans understood how to use mobile ticketing. Right. Many of whom 
may or may not listen to this podcast that have a hard time pulling up their phone and knowing how to find it and so on and so forth. Right. So they were hiring a bunch of game day staff. What better way to get a kid involved than 16, 17, working with mobile phones outside of NFL Stadium? Well, they, 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 they know more they than know we more do than about, than, <laughs> about the technology. We placed about 20 kids working game day staff wow. at 16, 17, right? Now they're going to be a part of the game day experience. They intuitively understand that it's more than just playing. They see what it's like from a totally different perspective, and that's happening 15, 16, 17. They're going to feel motivated. Now they might go do that job for the Hornets, or they might try to do, do something for their high school, or they have a resume builder, whatever. Sure. That kind of fell in our lap, and I think, I'm, you know, I think there's additional opportunities for us. So you can help out your high school, great. You obviously get involved in your college when you go to college. But in the interim, there's guest services. There's all sorts of things you can do for your local sports team. So I think as we talk to sports executives, that's another way that this program can help develop them is getting those kids involved. Because no kid wants to work for the Panthers more than the kid lives in Charlotte, right? No kid right. Want, wants to work more for the Orlando Magic than the kid growing up in Orlando. But to your point in Charlotte, right, the, the sexy logo is the Panthers, right? It's the Hornets. But why not go do game day services for the Charlotte Knights in yeah. the summer? Right? So you got we, no school. I mean. It's like you're teeing us up. So we, we, <laughs> we literally have a distro going to all of our former campers with promotional game day operations roles, all those different things. We have those relationships. Those kids are going to get involved. And we're going to start seeing the same people. And that's how you build confidence. That's how you build an understanding of networking. That's how you start to feel good about your resume. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So we talked a little bit uh, earlier uh, as we were kind of diving into like, all right, you know, there's there's people who get experiences because they know people right and and it is true it, it's all about who you know but at the same time it's that educational piece of okay well if you tell me you know i'm 16 years old and you say it's all about who you know well that's great but like how do i know people how do i get to know people like there's got to be some sort of step one two and three to at least guide someone in the right direction right like a lot of like some of us and and some of us you know on the podcast and and guests and listeners like we've all been fortunate to know you know some of the right people maybe we've had someone in our family that's had a connection to someone and that's how it all got started but like for some they're not as fortunate and they have they maybe just don't know how to start right like what like what do you tell what's the advice you give to those kids so we kind of have an interesting we have both sides of the equation. I think Sam, you want to go first because Sam, you feel like you didn't have yeah, that person, right? Yeah, I think that's it's a it's a perfect segue. So I I didn't really pick up that piece of my career until probably I was 30, 31. Wow. I didn't really have a mentor guiding the path for me. Um, I will say I'll give some credit to my college roommate who worked for the athletic department at Virginia Tech. Who he was his work ethic was incredible, and I wished that I could be doing some of the things that he was doing. And so through that. I got my first internship um, working in sports information, but, and he actually ended up helping me get my first job out of college as well. But moving forward, you know, I was sort of sputtering around. I go to law school not really knowing what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a sports agent. Um, I didn't know anyone who had done that. I didn't know any professional athletes. Um, I just decided, you know what, let's go to law school, let's become an agent. And I talked my way into an internship my second year of law school and spent a lot more time doing that than I probably should have. I just didn't have the the personality traits I think that would, that would make me as successful as I wanted to be there. Um, and it wasn't until I was 31, 32, I think, that I finally started latching on to people who had sort of been there, done that, worked in a lot of different roles and, and have a lot of clout, have a lot of respect in the industry and just learning from them. And there wasn't, I mean, there's never, you guys can probably attest to this as well, there's never an appropriate time to say, hey, look, you're now my mentor. Like, that's not a conversation you have, right? <laughs> right. But a lot of students misunderstand that as well, where they come up and say, hey, will you be my mentor the first time they talk to you? 
And I don't think that's the right way to approach it either. It has to be this sort of naturally growing relationship where somebody but takes you under their wing. Even way. as you're talking about it, I think Jeff and I have a very different story than Sam in that like there were clearly people at a young age that put us on a different path. I don't know if Jeff, you want to share share yours? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, there's, a, there's a couple of pieces to this. Um, you know, when I worked with the NHL, um, we got about 150 resumes every week for positions that weren't posted, right? <laughs> and we weren't ever digging into that pile of resumes to, you know, necessarily find the person to fill them. It always turned out to be, you know, who have we worked with? Who's excelled in the past? Oh, this kid interned with us. This, uh, you know, we, this person worked with us at, at my last organization. But to your earlier point, if you don't have those relationships naturally, how do you ever get on that on-ramp, mm -hmm. right? Um, I interned uh, with the Rangers uh, 80 hours a week. I sent out 400 resumes to you know every uh, single professional you know team uh, in not only the United States but North America. <laughs> and uh, you know here I go and I get zero callbacks. And um, you know I had the the ability to go to somebody uh, to go to one of my mentors and say you know what am I missing out on? What's the next steps here? And that person was able to pick up the phone and say hey I've got somebody here who worked hard for me. You need to give them the opportunity. Without somebody making that phone call for me, I never get the chance to get, get on that on ramp. And right? you advance that. How did you get the internship? Yeah, and it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, I got that internship because somebody who played hockey at Rutgers a year ahead of me took the internship the year before, uh, got hired, and said, look, you can go on and figure out your career path later, but you've been around hockey your whole life. You need to come and take this opportunity now. Mm -hmm. uh, again, without that person literally walking me through that process and saying, hey, here's somebody who's going to work their butt off for you. Give them a, give them a chance. I never get that chance. Sure. And, and I think I'm, I'm much more falling in line with, with Sam, like, I'm sorry, with Jeff, like, I kind of hit the lottery. I knew, I met someone and knew someone in, as a personal friend, as a family friend that worked in the industry and that put me, like, I knew that person because I lived in my neighborhood, right? Like, right. I was around there, part of my total, they were part of my life and that was what helped me get that start to your kind of initial point of what we're passionate about at Sports Biz Camps. If you don't grow up in that neighborhood, if you don't play Rutgers hockey, whatever that is for individuals, you don't meet that one person because it's not part of your community how the heck are you supposed to be able to get to that point of like mm -hmm. networking and meeting people or worse more if the people that you want to connect with don't look like you don't come from a similar background can't relate to you you're not confident in doing that so when we look at what we do at sports biz camps if you're not having the good fortune to be around these individuals that have those opportunities how do you make those connections we promote that so we actually bring the industry professionals into the environment they teach you the content on the third day you sit down and have lunch with these individual people, we're, we're fostering those actual connections and not leaving it to chance or not making it where you grew up or what sport you play. Well, and to that point, right, like, Jeff, you could get that internship, but, you know, for whatever circumstance, maybe you just don't have the money to, like, keep going and, and do another one, right, and, and uh, continue to get another experience. And so for some of those individuals who maybe just don't have that fortune or, you know, they, they – look, we all have forks in the road, right, in our lives, and, and things happen and that you can't control. Um, but how, you know, you guys are nonprofit, right? You try and um, raise money through sponsors to, you know, help support just these operations to ultimately help other people, right? Yeah, Jeff, you want to cover off on, because we haven't really talked about the on-ramp from a funding standpoint either. Yeah, so the, um, every student that goes to our camp goes free of charge. Um, you know, it is uh, sponsor paid for and sponsor driven. Um, and that allowed us in Charlotte to get uh, representation from literally all 19 high schools in, in town. So we had, um, you know, a very diverse group of folks um, coming. 
And um, we were then able to give them the opportunity to meet those folks and a little bit of training on what that looks like. Pat referenced earlier the, the launch on, on day three. If we'd have done that launch on day one before um, you know, trying to walk them through a little bit of um, how to have those conversations and what sort of things were there, it would have been a big failure, mostly because of that confidence, confidence level and the fact that a lot of the students coming to camp hadn't had the chance to get at bats like that in the, in the past. After going through it for two days with us, then they were able to sit across the, the, uh, the lunch table from somebody with a VP title and be comfortable talking to them and talking to them about their aspirations and kind of asking the right questions. Um, I think for us, probably one of the most um, powerful stories that, that we heard throughout the camp is uh, one of our colleagues um, whose son actually attended the camp uh, had uh, a student approach her in week two, uh, African-American female, and she said, you know, I was afraid to come to this camp because I thought I was going to be the only black girl here. Then you guys take me over to NASCAR and we're out there in front of the diversity panel and the woman leading it uh, looks like me, sounds like me, and now all of a sudden I've got NASCAR on my, my radar and I've seen you know, some modeling uh, that I may not have had access to in the past. Like, at the end of the day, that's exactly what we were, um, what we're trying to accomplish in this. Girl wasn't even sure she wanted to go, even though she was passionate and wanted to learn more about right. it, because she expected to be the only one who looked like her at, at, at our event. And uh, you know, to have the opportunity to have people kind of model and walk through that is uh, it's really, really powerful. I think, um, real quickly, that's what makes our camp different, is kids don't pay to attend. Mm -hmm. And that's through sponsorship support. So in that case, NASCAR was a, a sponsor of those students who were able to come. Those students were able to see what NASCAR is about, which was not what they thought it was about. Right. To be inspired by someone that looked like them. And also they put them on a different path. So that's, that's what makes our, our program so different, is that we're removing the barriers, which are you don't get access to these people because they don't live in your neighborhood, we're removing that barrier. And then we're removing the barrier of cost, which provides you the opportunity to be in that room independent of whatever your socioeconomic status is. Um, so th I think that's what makes our, our program so uh, unique and differentiating in that sense, where a lot of other programs are offered by for-profit uh, organizations or in many instance, in institutions. Sam, would you wanna add? Yeah, I, was, I mean, the removing barriers was exactly what I was about to touch on, but I think there, in addition to that, we're able to bridge this gap, as we touched on at the very beginning of this conversation, that we're educators who have both been in the professional side and on the academic side. And so I think the three of us and the professionals who we're tapping into have sort of a unique perspective on how to help young people bridge that gap as well, where you can go in and sit in a classroom and learn all sorts of things, but if you don't really see hands-on how to apply that in the real world, you're gonna be missing a big piece of how to advance yourself. And so we can offer that as well through removing these financial barriers, whether they're real or perceived barriers. I mean, talking about your student who was, who was intimidated by the fact that they thought they'd be the only person like them and didn't want to go as a result. Like, we want to be able to knock down all of those inhibitions in people and open up the doors, level the playing field, and create this highly qualified pipeline of very diverse people um, of all backgrounds, thought, perspective, whatever it may be. Sure. And, uh, you know, I think that's something similar to, to what our podcast is all about, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's trying to share the experiences and the paths of, you know, a lot of different people and a lot of different walks of life from a lot of different places, you know, that have worked for a lot of different logos. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, they all learn similar lessons, but different lessons. And sometimes I think, you know, the lessons learned are also those things that can easily be passed down, uh, but with some context, right? Because as society changes, lessons can also change, you know, as we adapt um, to our surroundings. And, you know, again, uh, Ohio University Sports Management Program started in, you know, uh, the 60s. And it was one of those things where that was the only one that, um, you know, 
was was around for a while, right? And then now we've got, you know, Andy will say you know, 350 plus, 400, however you want to count them. Um, but what's kind of the, the challenge, right, of that scenario, right? As you guys look at this, okay, we're starting off, you know, we're, we're trying to put a plan together, you know, started in Charlotte, then we're going to, you know, New Jersey and some other different places around the country, What's that challenge that you guys are facing uh, that ultimately, you know, you think there's some easy successes, but then there's also going to be some bumps along the way too, right? Let's go positive versus negative. Sure, start with sure. That. So what we have going for us um, are amazing people working in an amazing industry that love to give back, right? The easiest thing for us is to pick up the phone to someone in Chicago or Charlotte or D.C. and say, hey, can you come talk about your job? Can we come, better yet, can we come to your place of work and... and and interrupt your workday and, and like look at where you work. And people are like, hell yeah, let's do that, right? It's amazing. We live in such an amazing industry that is so willing to give back because I think inherently it was hard for them to get in right. and they want to support. So that's really, that's essentially the, the motor for our entire concept is that we don't have to cajole anyone to want to come talk about their job or support. And the people on this podcast clearly understand that because they all give back their time. So that's what makes this all work. The challenge is how do you um, encourage high school kids to essentially come to summer school, air quotes, to talk about sports when they don't really want to talk about a career in sports, they all want to play professionally, right? Right. So it's kind of a bait and, bait and hook. And the way that we're able to do that, as we discussed, and I'll just hit it to the point, is it's free, right? There's no cost to it, right? right? It's really understand. You go, so if you get to the parents say, oh my gosh, my kid can get some career development and talk about sports. Like they love watching Sports Center, they love watching this, they love watching that. It's free, I'll give it a shot, right? So once we get them there, that's that. And the only way it's free, and this is the challenging part, I'm finally answering your question, is we need people such as your listeners, those in the organizations within the sports industry, those supporting the sports organization industry to fund the cost for the kids to attend. Right. And that comes through financial donations. Um, that's what we're trying to do. So right now as a startup, we're, we were able to secure a sponsorship last year in Charlotte, as I mentioned, NASCAR was a sponsor. Bulk was a sponsor, Avid Exchange was a sponsor, TIA. I'm making sure I get some recognition for the folks that gave us some money. Uh, Ortho Carolina was our, was our entitlement sponsor to healthcare company. They saw it, they get it. They give the money ed- ed- education. They're there to support upward mobility. All that stuff makes sense. And because of what we were able to do in Charlotte, we're a step ahead in what we're trying to do from an advancement standpoint in Charlotte. We haven't done this in Chicago yet. We haven't done this in Detroit yet. We haven't done this in Indianapolis yet. For those of you listening, if you're in those markets, help us out um, but but that's where we're at so we're, we're going to eight more markets looking to get funding for something that's never happened before in those markets some of they inherently say yes I wish I had that in high school yes that's an awesome idea yes I'll come speak but it doesn't happen unless people help us fund it and that's that's ultimately the biggest challenge right now is if we're gonna make it free we have to fund the cost for that to do sure. so and I think that'll be easier in year two and year three in some of those markets we mentioned but for right now it's evangelism which is why we're so happy to be on this podcast today um, and it's getting people to recognize that, yes, these kids deserve more opportunity and we need to reduce the barriers. And the best way to do that is through donations. Yeah. No, why? I mean, I love the mission. You know, it's it's always fun learning about the new, you know, adventures within the sports industry. But like you mentioned, we're all family, right? Like we all one way or another somehow connected, whether it's through six degrees of separation or one or two. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all want to help each other. And I think that's uh, the name of the game. So, guys, can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Any last words? Um, I think I want to get a, just a PSA, and then I'll, I'll let Sam and Jeff say it. But um, we are open and uh, open for business in a total of nine markets. Uh, primarily, uh, our obviously home base is Charlotte, where we're all currently living. But 
Atlanta, which is why we're here at NSF and talking to you and ultimately yeah. giving you the opportunity for your first live podcast. Sure. So really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, Atlanta, Chicago, uh, Detroit, um, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Phoenix, New York, New Jersey area, calling the Jersey Shore, just from the Jersey Shore, uh, and then Washington, D.C., also called the District. So we're looking for industry professionals in those markets to come and deliver the content, to come be those mentors to our students, to come open their doors for us to take tours of facilities in that, in that capacity. So that's where people can help us immediately in those markets. Uh, if people aren't in those markets but know people in those markets, that's where we need some interaction. And then separately, the sports organizations, the sponsors, foundations in your markets, if you can help us fund this opportunity, which is education. It's an incremental programming for the kids that love sports. We're, t we're teaching life skills and using sports that backdrop. Hopefully in doing that, we can start to expand our, our sphere of influence. And I think maybe Sam or Jeff, if you want to allude on kind of how we think we're supporting industry earlier on um, and doing this. Yeah, I mean, the best way to support industry is to uh, ultimately provide uh, a better end product, which is which is that that student. Um, it's one of the things that, that, that we've talked about from the beginning here is that there's a gap between what the typical university sports marketing program teaches and what industry professionals are looking for from those students who, who kind of come through here. And I think that we, um, you know, provide a lot of solutions to what those gaps are. And largely it's, it's soft skills and it's those, those little things that we're talking about. So our goal is to ultimately provide people in the industry with a better product and a better worker down the line uh, because we're starting that education process uh, much earlier on. Each of us at different ways and so Sam has much more of a graduate background mm -hmm. teaching graduate students myself and Jeff more with undergraduates um, each of us sees our job as talent development right we're, we're helping the PGA tour hire a better person and replace a better person and we want to do that more and we want to do that better and we want to better serve the industry that doesn't happen unless the industry pitches in by providing some advice and direction which is what they're open to do as we identified before but supporting those opportunities earlier on in the process establishing a larger pipeline, especially when it comes to women and minorities, which uh, diversity and inclusion is a major opportunity for everyone in the sports industry. We are that solution. We are having that conversation at 16, 17, 18, and in investing in us now, it's gonna lead to a better product at 21, 22, 23. So as a proud OU graduate, I'm here to sing that from the mountaintops. <laughs> Great program, right? That's absolutely right. Yep. But you shouldn't have to go to a graduate school to be prepared, Correct. and or it's not for everyone. Right. And one thing we're trying to do to help is that get them prepared early. And if you still want to go to OU, you still want to go to UCF, you still want to go to Arizona State, great programs that Sam created, that's all well and good, but there should be options. And in creating options and creating more education and involving the professionals, we feel strongly we're going to create a better industry, we're going to create a better product for the people that are looking for great talent. And, you know, you know, plug where, you know, you, you came from with GMR and, and, you know, NHL and some of those other places, right? It's also like where you guys are connected to, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just, you know, the, the every organization out there, it's it's also the places in which you've also left your handprint and print uh, on as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. And uh, sportsbizcamps.com? That is correct. Sportsbizcamps.com. Social media? Got... At sportsbizcamps. There you go. <laughs> Sports, <laughs> sportsbizcamps. Creative. Uh, follow it. Check it out. Uh, and stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you.